G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the Extended Bench Podcast after an, well, extended hiatus due to the coronavirus crisis, but we're glad that footy's back and we're glad to be back in the studio because I've been getting a little twitchy without some fantasy footy stuff to actually go over. It's just, oh, I just... I, <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for footy to be back on the park and being able to watch my fantasy players run around has just been something I've been looking forward to for so long. I'm here with my mate Matt, as always. Matt, how are you feeling to be back in the studio, mate? Uh, a little bit strange, to be honest. It's mm-hmm. it's a bit weird coming back after a, such a, a abrupt break from yeah, the... abrupt is the right word. ...from the season. Um... Yeah, it's been strange. I, um, I I legitimately have not really thought about fantasy for the last few months, and I opened my team up this morning and was like, oh shit, that's right, <laughs> I absolutely tanked round one in every single league. To be fair, I also tanked round one, and I think a lot of people tanked round one. Um, yeah, I, I sort mm. of took a, a, a long hiatus from fantasy footy, mm. actually. There was a big social media hiatus for me as well, <laughs> and, yeah. for, and for the podcast. Um, I think we were in the very lucky situation, just personally as well, where... Our work wasn't affected by the crisis, which mm. is great. But at the same time, we both got busier as well. So absolutely up and flat out. <laughs> so unfortunately, there wasn't as much time to dedicate to uh, to fantasy footy. Mm. But now that things are starting to slow down again, we can crack on with some footy stuff because yeah. I, I'm dying to jump into some of this. Yeah. Now unfortunately we're... for the listeners, though, um, <laughs> what that means is. Um, this podcast is going to be um, old school style with absolutely zero preparation. <laughs> hey, mate. So we're, we're winging the shit out of this one. Oh, and, and winging it like absolute <clears throat> champs because, I mean, well, in the first few years of the podcast, we did a lot of winging and, and I think we got by pretty damn well. Uh, so what we want to do first is we want to just run through some of the some of the big knowns about this, uh, this mm. crisis. So obviously two of the big things for me with Fantasy Footy coming back is what effect will the shortened quarters continue to have on your players and what effect will player hubs have? So, obviously, we've got the uh, the Western teams up in Queensland in the moment mm-hmm. in lockdown um, in, a, in their own sort of hub with Brisbane and the Gold Coast yep. and the South Australian teams after the showdown this week. Yep. Uh, you've got Sydney participating in the, uh, the Melbourne hub as well, I mm-hmm. guess, so that there isn't much travel there. And then it looks like WA will have its own hub in a month and a half's time with a few Victorian teams. Yes, which is very exciting and quite interesting. And I think that there will definitely be an impact from the hubs. I couldn't say exactly what it is, but (laughs) I reckon there will be an impact. I think think it will also depend to who you're in the hub with. So, um, I don't know. Looking at, so for example, the Queensland one, there's... It's really good for Brisbane and West Coast, in my opinion, because they have some absolute spuds that they get to play against. I would be 100% backing in some Brisbane players. So, Lockie Neal, for example, is a player that I'm all over. He's got a rough one this week because Mm. he's coming up against Fremantle. And as his old team, they tagged him hard last time. He did not score particularly well in last year's matchup against them. But, apart from that... West Coast don't usually match up very hard on opposition midfielders. They back their own run. Yeah. Uh, and against Gold Coast, uh, <laughs> they're also playing Port Adelaide, who, again, aren't particularly hard matching upside. And mm. Adelaide are just a shambles at the minute. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, no, like, so, yeah. Neil backing in big time. Yeah, and even taking a step away from Neil specifically. But the, the key midfielders and players from mm-hmm. both West Coast and Brisbane, I reckon, will... 
just eat out against um, Gold Coast, Frio and Adelaide and potentially Port as well. Um, I'm still a bit confused about how good they are yeah. um, it's, this year. Uh, yeah, Port, Port, to me, are a very, very <laughs> offensive team. So they're, they're a young team. They're going to be incredible in a few years' time, I would suggest. But at the moment, they are still developing that sort of uh, premiership contending side with, mm. with the likes of you know Xavier Dersmer in there, Zach Butters, a uh, lot of those younger guys, um, Rosie, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just going to take a little bit of time to get there. But for the moment, with the likes of uh, Boak and Rockliffe still the, uh, mm. you know, the number one and number two midfielders probably in there, uh, I, I just don't think they can compete with some of the uh, the you know the higher ranking teams like West Coast and Brisbane, and yeah. I think the fantasy scores from those other sides are just going to be through the roof. Yeah, and I actually think this is going to be quite good for Brisbane from a pure footy perspective as well, because I wasn't a hundred percent convinced that they'd be able to replicate their amazing form and ladder position of last year. Mm. But if they're playing the first month and a half at home against a number of teams that you'd expect will finish probably bottom four or bottom six. Yeah. That's going to set their season up to a really... It's going to set their season up really, really well for them to hit the rest of the year. Another benefit as well for Brisbane is because they finished quite high on the ladder last year, if this had been a full season, they would have been mm. uh, required to play teams that were also at the higher end of the ladder twice. Yep. Um, yep. So they might have been playing West Coast twice. They might have been playing GWS twice, for an example. Now everyone is playing each mm-hmm. other once. Everyone's on a level playing field. That massively helps Brisbane's progression and probably their fantasy scores. They're not going to come up against the tougher teams as much this year as they should have. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, from, the, from the perspective of the Victorian teams, um, I'd say that, well, obviously they get to play every single game at home. They don't yeah. have to travel interstate which mm-hmm. is definitely going to help some scores um, and to be honest I mean they're not going to need to worry about living away from home either so yeah. I think they're going to go they're going to do quite well I don't know that there'll be a massive impact on them but I think the, the Queensland hub is really where I can potentially foresee some some impact yeah. you, you know what I think one team that's really going to be hurt by these hubs and this is going to hurt you when I say it as well mm. I think Fremantle are going to be I one think of those teams Frio. Fremantle and Adelaide um, and to a potential they, extent, Port Adelaide as well. They need that home ground advantage. They're they just not going to have. Yeah, and they're, they're all... Uh, Fremantle in particular is a younger developing side, a very young developing yeah. side, and they don't have that team cohesion quite as yet as the other teams yeah. do. No, I 100% agree. I reckon I, I um, with work, do a ladder tipping comp mm-hmm. before every season starts, and we as try a, and guess the entire ladder setup. As we all do. And I looked at it for the first time yesterday, um, and going through and doing my ladder um, rankings, uh, I kind of got to the awful realisation that Frio's going to be, again, way down there this yeah, year. They're going to suck. It's not going to be good. Um, and but, our uh, skills are bad at the best of times. If we're <laughs> playing every single game in the Dewey um, Gold Coast... Yeah, that's true. It's going to... I mean, it's... Probably going to help tackle count, but uh, plus sixes may suffer a fair bit as a mm-hmm. result. So there's that to keep in mind as well. Yeah, so it's I, I had the same thought about West Coast as well. They play a very high kick-to-mark ratio sort of style, and they, they want to move the ball skillfully and effectively um, through kick and uh, mark uh, as opposed to handball like a, yeah. like a Geelong or a Richmond would. Um, and they might struggle just a little bit with the dew and with those nighttime games. I think their skill but, set's good enough that it, it hopefully won't have a major impact on them. Um, but yeah, teams like Frio, where that skill set's not there, yeah, um, it, 
there's not going to be a lot of points coming yeah. out of Frio. Well, here's, here's another player that I'd really like to back in after a shocking uh, round one score as well is Elliot Yo. So Elliot Yo had 49 mm. in the first round, and that was awful. There would be some people that might have been backing him in as a... He wasn't an underpriced premium, but he was one of the cheaper premiums that I, I backed go him in. for. Um, I think, honestly, with the fact that he's going to be playing against the likes of Gold Coast, Adelaide, Fremantle regularly, yeah. and in the Jew, where there are going to be a few more tackles, I would suggest, I think he's going to blitz these first four weeks. Yes, yeah, I'm backing him in so for that if, exact reason. If you own Yo and you were thinking about getting rid of him because of that bad score, back him in. Give him another game. I reckon he'll dominate this week against Gold Coast in particular. <laughs> he's going to kill him. It's going to be gonna horrifying. Um, okay, the next thing I sort of wanted to bring up is... Obviously, I think the shortened quarters are going to have a bit of an effect on... And we discussed this earlier in the season. We discussed it well before round one. Was the endurance players. So the players who generally are always on the park. Players like Whitfield, like Gaff, like mm-hmm. uh, maybe a Brad Hill, not so much to that extent. But those sort of gut-running players who just run other players and off they of get their, their points at the end of quarters. Exactly. They're going to be affected because... The quarters aren't as long. They're not going to have to, you know, gr- make their uh, opposition go through as grueling a process of marking them the entire length yeah. of a quarter. Um, I-, I think that, <clears throat> honestly, Whitfield, if anyone out there did back in Whitfield for round one, he had an average score then. I would 100% be ditching him, getting a bit of cash, maybe going... I, I really like Dusty Martin at the moment. I know... Particularly the number of Thursday night games he's going to have. That's you why can loophole him every week. That's why I'd be backing him in. Yeah. So he's... I, he's definitely going to be a top six forward at the end of the year. There's no question. So you know you're mm. going to want him in at some point. And he's got all those loophole options over the first three weeks. I mean, that's yeah. money in the bank right there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that one. So sure. the the shortened quarters are going to have an effect. And Whitfield in particular, Andrew Gaff had a very good score in the first round. So mm. that sort of went against our predictions and against the predictions of some of the other fantasy footy commentators out there. I think that... He will still struggle to an extent. He's getting much less uh, opposition attention due to Kelly being in, Yo also being there, Shuey being the Norm Smith medalist and mm. having to be looked after that he now is. So it's not like with Whitfield where he's clearly their second best player, you know, after Josh Kelly, I would say. <clears throat> so opposition now knows they need to mark up on Whitfield as much as they can. I think Gaff will probably get a little bit more space than Whitfield will. And as a result, might score a bit higher. But I would suggest still that if he is one of the top-end midfielders at the end of the year, he'll be within that 8 to 10 range. He won't be, you know, breaking Ooh, into... Cool. Yeah, I don't think he'll be the fourth or fifth highest midfielder, like I might have thought, in a full-length season with full quarters. Yeah, actually, maybe not as big a call as I thought. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because they're also, again, they're also playing, <laughs> you know, five less games for the season. That's... You that know, also the, helps the endurance guys. Exactly. At the end of the year, when people are starting to tire a bit more, those gut-running guys yeah. will have much more on the tank. The other <clears throat> thing that it does impact is rookies. So mm. I think we'll see rookies potentially playing less of a role this year mm. um, with the shortened year and the shortened quarters. There, I think it'll um, reinforce the importance of having those hardened bodies. Yeah. And you see a lot of rookies debut towards the end of the year. Um, part of that's because teams realize their season's gone, so... That will still happen. It'll just change the point when it happens. But some of that is also just the attrition and wear and tear on the teams and the bodies over the course of the year. So I think that bit will be potentially less of an impact, although you have to weigh that up against the um, the shortened and interrupted preseason and training block teams have got leading into the season. So 
I don't know. I did read a couple of articles that we could potentially see a spike in injuries because players don't have that same level of conditioning that they would normally have. Mm. So who knows if that happens, then I'll be proved completely wrong. And there could be a whole <laughs> bunch of rookies debuting and holding spots. But um, I th- I'd be erring potentially more on the side of hardened bodies at this stage. I think the thing with rookies as well, you mentioned the fact that they might be on the field for a little bit less time, um, so they would be getting lower points. I think that will be across the board, though, which means that everyone will be experiencing that no matter the rookie. There'll be yeah. some who play a bit more time, like Matty Rowell, <clears throat> who I think will mm-hmm. want to get games under him. Oh, Noah yeah. Anderson, wow. things like that. <laughs> As we're going through, you're like you're remembering players from your starting oh, side. Yeah, Raul's a person. I'm watching this in real time, just you revisiting your team. But when I've you look got at Raul as well, but then I'll see you look at your keeper league team and just like <coughs> start crying slowly into the microphone. Yeah, I won last year, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, of course, it matters. It's 2020. Yeah, this year's a write-off for my team. I'll come back next year. <laughs> Alright Moving on from that, I really want to get into those players that have already been named as ins. Yep. Some of those that have been named as outs, and some of the prospective guys. Great who are segue at. to a couple of my young keeper players. Yeah, exactly. You've got... All right, we'll get into your young keeper no, players. Do the rest of them no, 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 no. I want, I want to get into this because I know you've been waiting for this all day. So the two guys that you have in your keeper list, obviously, <laughs> who are still rumored to be in, they're not actually. No, one in. of them's confirmed. Is he? I think. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Trent Rivers <coughs> and Trent Rivers and uh, I was going to say Ned Flanders. <laughs> it's Sam Ned Flanders. Flanders. Ned Flanders. Trent Rivers and Sam Flanders are both. Well, Sam Flanders has been rumored to be in, in this week because the Betty boy, the coach is um, is expecting to to want him to play. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Trent Rivers, I do believe that um, the coach Simon. <coughs> I'm pretty sure. Out, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's confirmed. Um, and I wasn't expecting him to debut until the second half of the year. So I'm stoked to see what he can bring. I don't know how good his job security is, <laughs> but I trash. do know um, under 18s, he was a pretty decent accumulator and good user of the ball. So I'm hoping that he actually does hold his spot. And I'm um, quietly optimistic that he might put up a decent performance. All right. So Sam Flanders, he's a 250k mid forward. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about camp. Rivers, not Flanders. Sorry, sorry, Rivers. All right. So we'll get to um, we'll go to Rivers. We'll first. do Ned first. We'll do, go, You've got Ned, Ned up. Fine. All right. I, um, I searched for Ned Flanders because we were talking about Ned. <laughs> we'll do Ned first. Um, I'm not convinced he's going to have a major impact fantasy wise. I think he's more of an impact player than an accumulator at this stage. <clears throat> I'm just curious to see how he goes, basically, and how big a role he has. Um, I think it's really optimistic that they do want to actually get games into him, and the more they can get into him, the better. So uh, uh, there is from, that. From a keeper league point of view, I really liked Sam Flanders, and he was one that mm-hmm. fell under the radar with Anderson and um, right. Raul in particular. Yeah, uh, he slid a long way to me in our top up. Being available at draft time. So, um, yeah, it, for salary cap, no, because I just don't think yeah. he's going to hold his spot. Play, a player like a... Brandon Ellis when he comes back and he will come back in a couple in a week or two yep. um, he's going to be taking Sam Flanders' spot right out from under him unfortunately agreed um, Trent Rivers 208k defender midfielder I'm interested alright alright make, make your argument because I'm, I'm claiming the opposite here I currently have Fisher McCassie for <laughs> oh, 250 so yeah. or 260 or something uh. To pocket the 40k or whatever it is, I'd much rather have Rivers, who's more of an accumulator, mm. and is playing in a more fantasy-friendly team. Yeah. In a more fantasy-friendly role. Uh, you, you reminded me that I have Fisher Casey as well. I, I realised that on my bus Christ. ride here and went, Ugh. Oh my god. You know, it's, again, a lot of these picks might have been okay if there wasn't a 
two and a half month gap between rounds. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm pretty sure uh, McCassie came into my team in place of Rivers when it, it was clear he wasn't going to debut. So oh, I'm just Jesus. reversing that now. Um, so yeah, Trent Rivers, the reason why I was against it was because I just feel that when he does play this week, he's going to be a defensive lockdown player because mm. they've got the likes of... So Salem has is going to be coming back in, I believe. Yeah, he had um, some sort of virus or something, I think. Yeah. Uh, fever, maybe. Jo- Jones will be coming back in. He plays a little bit off halfback, but probably yeah. more off the interchange, maybe on a wing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've already got Salem, they've got Hibbard, and they've got uh, Harms in yeah. on the, off the halfback flank who play that more offensive brand of football. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can afford to have a rookie who's doing an offensive or playing an offensive yeah, I, role. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he'll have an offensive role, but he's a great distributor, a great kick. He's, he's, the, he's Hibbard's replacement. Yeah. So I think they will try and get it to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won't go out of their way, but if he's available, they'll use him. He was a good plus six player when he was at underage level. So yeah. if he can... I think he'll obviously meet his break even of 22. I think he can sort of... Yeah. You could conservatively hope for about a 45. Yeah, I think so. 40, uh, 50 or so. If you have um, to play someone on your field, he's not someone to play on your field. I wouldn't be week. playing him on the field, but save a little bit of cash from a downgrade for one of those other guys um, like Mackesy, and, hey, that might help you in future weeks. Um, it's, trading is going to be very different this year in salary cap because, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you've got, that, you've got less time to finalise your team. Yeah. Um, so any opportunity I have to potentially make a little bit of cash and do something maybe a little bit different, um, I'm probably going to have to... You're going to have to be a bit inventive. Yeah, I like it, man. Um, I love how we went with your two key players before we... we <laughs> they talk about on, the real players. Talk talk about the, the real bombshell of today, the good news story, which is Harley Bennell getting his first game for years at AFL level. This this yep. is incredible news. It's awesome for fantasy coaches as well, but it does give us a real dilemma. No, it doesn't. You're not touching him. I'm touching him. I'm, I'm going for Harley. I'm no. bringing Harley into my side. No, not, not, a, not a chance. If he plays two games, the cash injection you will get from Harley Bennell will be enough to qualify bringing him in this he's week. He's not playing two games, mate. You reckon he's just playing one game? So You reckon he's going to break down? He's going to break down. Oh. He's played two games in the last... Four and a half years. Oh. Every single time he has something even remotely close to good news, he snaps a calf in half. We've got three trades a week now, though, for the next few weeks. It, I, yeah, I, I would rather oh. bring in someone who's cheaper, who's not likely to break themselves <laughs> the first time they bend over to pick the ball up. Poor guy. Um, I'm not interested. I'm a, saying, a great news story. I'm really pleased for him. I hope he goes great. That, that video. I'm just not... I'm yeah. just not touching him. That that video today that came out of him, you know, bursting into mm. tears basically when Simon Goodwin said that he was going to play. That was <laughs> that honestly that uh, that warmed the old heartstrings. That was what I do like is they they didn't decide to play him for three months in the in the reserves <laughs> to see if he was ready. Where every game's a lottery ticket for him, <laughs> and he was getting thirty odd possessions per game. Yeah. <laughs> so um, no, I like the fact that he's playing. I really hope he goes well. I'm just. I'm not interested in touching him in salary cap. All right, so I'm going to roll the dice. I'm bringing him in. He's 224k, break even of 24. Hope you enjoy snake eyes. Because <laughs> that's what you're rolling. I'm bringing him in. I'm going to risk it. How and much I'm, is he, sorry? 224k. He is rookie priced. Uh, he is not... Uh, I am kind of going against my hardened bodies argument from earlier on. Yeah, well, he's... Although you, he doesn't have a hardened body. Have a he's got a body. spaghetti he's, body. He's got a veteran body. <laughs> In terms of age, a veteran spaghetti body. Oh god, uh, yeah, I that just those numbers. Just I want to bring him His in. His calves are like wet wheat bigs. He, 
That is a horrible thing to say. <laughs> and we're moving on from there. We're, right, split, so we're split down the middle. I think we've voiced our, our feelings on this one 50, enough. 50-50. Um, all right, Darcy Cameron. He's another yeah, one I'm that's interested. guaranteed a game. I'm 100% interested in this. If I started off with Darcy Cameron, so that was lucky. Oh, nice. But <clears> if you didn't start off with Darcy... I think a good sign is that Mason Cox is listed as omitted rather than injured at the moment. So mm. they have purposely, by the looks of it, unless they've just lied on the team sheet. Oh, I just don't give a fuck. Um, except, which they might have. But if you can take them on face value, they have bought in Darcy This Cameron. is Eddie's way of being passively aggressive about the whole um, <laughs> jersey thing with Port Adelaide. <laughs> Just as you do. As you do. Um, so, yeah, the fact that they bought him in over Mason Cox shows that he does have value to the side. Yeah. Um, he's got something to bring as a second backup Ruckman, and he has been pretty decent up forward when he was playing uh, for the Swans at, um, you know, Neafel level. Yeah, look, and he's a Ruck forward in salary cap, which really interests me, and I'm bringing him in as a absolute basement price guy. Yeah. Um, I'm making a very tiny amount of money for that for bringing him in from one of my other rookie forwards, who I think um, neither of them is going to score particularly well, but well, Cameron might score a little bit better considering the delivery he'll have coming to him. Was it Ben Kavara, the one you were thinking of getting yeah. real? I don't think he'll have it. He definitely won't have a game this week either. I think that that's a danger as yeah. well. So they've got the likes of Liberatore, Lipinski, um, yeah. probably McLean and a few others. So here's games. another couple of names. Um, Max King or Curtis Taylor. Would you rather keep them or bring in Darcy Cameron? I would like to keep both of those two. I think Curtis Taylor did well enough in the first round to sort of cement a spot for a few rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Max King. Great job I, security. I, gra- awesome job security. He'll play every game that he's fit for. Yeah. Especially with shortened quarters, there's not as great a risk of mm. um, you know injury there. Uh, but Kavara... Ben, yeah. ben Davis, some of those other rookies that mm-hmm. people were talking mm-hmm. about and bringing in. Um, I mean, I've got Ben Davis as an example sitting on my uh, in my utility slot. If you've got a similar are in a similar position, I would much prefer to have Darcy Cameron in that utility slot, given the versatility he has and the fact that he's probably going to he's playing this round. Yeah. I don't think Davis has a spot either. Actually, this round, I haven't looked at his team. Yeah. I, I didn't even remember he'd played round one. <laughs> he didn't. Play I don't even well. know what he looks like. Uh, he's a young young player. He's um he's uh, he you was. You don't have okay. to describe him to him. I know, good because I can't. <laughs> um, did you like the young player though? That's all I had. That's all I could muster. Um, okay. um, unlike ninety percent of the other rookies out there. <laughs> Shut up. Um, all right, Darcy Cameron, Luke Jackson. From a keeper point of view, this. Obviously, salary cap, no. Do not touch Luke Jackson. He's cost too much. A, he costs too much. B, he's playing as a as a ruck forward role, but he's 100k more expensive than Darcy Cameron. Yeah, he, so. He's playing the same role as Darcy Cameron, but he's less experienced, body's less hardened, costs more. Um, and he's in a, Job security, yeah. I, I don't know, may even be worse as well. So. Yeah, to, because they've got the likes of... Um, because they've got Max Gorn there, obviously. It, I mean, it's a similar sort of team structure. It's mm. just... Both Collingwood and Melbourne don't have good tall forwards. They they just don't. So mm-hmm. they can uh, you can sort of say that they might have a bit more security because they need some tall players up there. But yeah. at the same time, you know they could just chuck in a couple of more mid-sized forwards and they'll be out next to. Yeah, but everything three. points towards it. Darcy Cameron ahead of him. Yeah. But from a keeper perspective, great to see him blooded oh, early. He's. I think that he will in the next few years. Maybe. 
four to five years, a sort of similar trajectory to Brody Grundy. When he starts to take the mantle off of Gorn, when Gorn mm. sort of turns 30, 31, mm-hmm. he will be one of the better Ruckman in the comp, if not top two sort yeah. of Ruckman. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's just been that good at underage level. Um, okay, so we've already spoken about Trent Rivers. Mm-hmm. Jack Higgins, another good news story coming back great after news that, story. Um, yeah. that head injury, tragic head injury. Mm. Um, so, again, this is... <laughs> like how you've, you've reframed brain surgery to head injury. Well, he, he needed <laughs> brain surgery because of a... Wasn't it because of a, a trauma? Uh, no, I think it was an underlying issue. Oh, shit. All right. I, think. I stand corrected. Um, as I have on quite a few things in this podcast. I, I might be completely wrong. I, I was pretty sure it was an underlying issue that they became aware of. Um, so, Jack Higgins back in the side. <clears throat> Keeper League owners, I, I think a lot of people might have hung on to him and just hoped that he would be back because he's such a talented young player. Great fantasy. Fan, fantasy. Um, so... From a standard redraft point of view, though, mm. would you be interested if you if you've got a deep <coughs> league and he's on available on the waiver list as he would be in every draft league? In a deep would you league, be yeah, in a deep league, I'm grabbing him just as a bit of a lottery ticket because it really comes down to role. I'm not a hundred percent sure what role he's going to play for Richmond's team. Uh, if he's stuck as a small forward, then there's probably not a lot of value. If he gets a couple of runs through the midfield, then. Sure. Yeah, they've got a really interesting lineup at the moment, Richmond, because obviously Dusty goes midfield forward so much. They've got mm. Shy Bolton, who does the same thing, but has been playing a little bit more midfield. They've got Sydney yeah. Stack. I don't know where he plays out of half back or half forward half the time. So, yeah. uh, honestly, <clears throat> Richmond's team is just a lottery ticket altogether. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll spend a waiver pick to grab him and just see how he looks this first week mm-hmm. and then reassess from there. Yep. Heppel's another one who's uh, expected to be coming back in from Essendon. He's one of the ones who's benefited from yeah. this extended break. He was going to be spending a lot of time out of the game and it looks like he's just available now for round two. Hmm. Great news because a lot of people would have drafted. A lot of people in drafts would have known about the injury, so they would have got mm. him quite late. So this is just bargain value for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, he's not someone you should touch in salary cap. Absolutely not. But for draft league owners, yeah. great news. Yep, great news. He will be taken. Hell, so, you, yeah. Considering what you drafted him for, you would have picked him up quite late. Mm. You mm. could, if someone's in desperate need of a, you know second or third tier midfielder, you could try and farm him off for a little bit more value than you brought him in for. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Would you do that this week or would you wait a week to see how he... Um... I'd probably do it... <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Uh, I'd probably do it this week mm. so that you don't run the risk. I mean, <laughs> he might come in and be terrible. Um, but then, yeah, it's, mm. it's all lottery because he might come in and smash out, a you know, 100 points. True that. In a, again, just going back to the shortened quarters where 82 is the new 100. Mm. Um, not, it's not 100% accurate to be honest mm, but it's, it's close it. enough um, the big one the big two that I want to talk about I should say now mm-hmm. Callum Ward yep. first <clears throat> how keen are you on Callum Ward? Um, if he's named <clears throat> pretty it's, keen it looks like he's definitely in it looks like he should be named yeah look if he's named I'd be pretty keen because um, he's really cheap 539k break even of 57 as a pure midfielder, I can't see them playing Callan Ward as a forward. He can't play as a forward. He's yes. playing midfield. So, g- given the amount of small forwards that they have, actually, at the mm. moment, GWS. Um, yeah, Callan Ward, for me, is some of the most value out there. If you can, if you can scrape together 300k to bring up, like, a Tom Green, for example, mm. to Callan Ward, 
I think that's a great move. Yeah. If you had some extra money in the bank or you can make some from some downgrades elsewhere. And just on that, we're expecting Tom Green to lose his spot as a result of Ward. Yeah, 100%. If Ward's yeah. in, Tom Green's out. He's the first one to go. Yeah. Um, just because of the way that that team is structured at the moment. It's mm. obvious that he's the lowest midfielder on the totem pole that was in that 22. Yeah. yeah. He comes straight out. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I'm keen on Ward. I think a lot of people penciled him very early into their teams. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were going to hold off playing him for a few weeks really hurt a lot of people's planning. So, yeah, if he's named, I'm very keen. Yeah, if man. he's not named, I don't think it'll be long before he's in. All right, now, preseason hype man. Um, and this guy was really big in uh, in one of the preseason games, but he injured himself, luckily, before we all jumped on. Blake Akers. Mmm, Blakers. So, this is almost two-pronged, because A, are you interested still in Blake Akers, given what he showed in the preseason before the injury? Considering he's in my keeper team, I have to be. <laughs> All right, we're coming from a salary cap point of view here. Uh, what's because he valued now, at again? So, he's valued at 500k, 501 to be exact, uh, break-even of 53, and he's a mid-forward. So, he is yeah, a forward I'm, option. I'm reasonably interested. I'm just thinking, like, who would you take him over? Exactly. So... Uh, would you be getting rid of, say, a, uh, I don't know, um, maybe a Andrew Brayshaw, for example? Mm, um, Brayshaw's what? a bit cheaper. He's 508. Mm. So... Brayshaw, no, no. So, Akers is 501. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh. It's a, that's a really tough one because Brayshaw was garbage in round <clears> one. <throat> he was awful. I can't... What, what, what did Brayshaw end up having in round one? He had... Not much. And he's in my salary 44. cap team. So, for, yeah, 44. And we were all expecting him to pump out at least something close to a 70, which would be equivalent to about a 90 in yeah. regular Look, seasons. I, I'm keen on Akers, and I think he's going to... If he's going to come in, he's going to take one of those wing roles, and that's going to kill Buley. Yeah, this that was the second prong that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Buley is one of the most hyped players at the moment in terms of what he did in round one. Akers coming back, does that directly affect him and his scoring ability? 100%. So, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, having, uh, not 100%. I'd be like 80% sure that uh, it will really impact Buley's score. So, I'm not looking to bring Buley in this week. Akers... I'm happy enough to bring for someone to bring him in, but I don't know who I'd be bringing him in at the expense of. Mm-hmm. I think he was really unlucky to miss round one, and I think he would have been in a lot of teams if he played round one. Yep. But I don't know that you're bringing him in now, coming off an injury over some of your other forward guys that a lot of people have, like Brayshaw, Greenwood, Petrarca, Dawson. Well, Petrarca, obviously you wouldn't. Um, mm. Dawson, I think, still got a, a fair bit of upside. He could yep. be someone who's still going to make some money. But, uh, um, Greenwood with Ellis going out, I think, exa- is... Green- and Greenwood was not great in round one, but he wasn't terrible. 57, but... Brayshaw is the real one who I, I'm not sure what to do there. I'm almost mm. keen to say, right... I, it was so long ago, round one. <laughs> I just can't say is Brayshaw just going to turn this around. He could cut his break even sixty one, so he could come out this week, smash out a you know seventy to an eighty, and easily reset his break even. Hmm. But after that first game, I mean, watching him shamble around for forty four points that because that was one of the games I watched in full, hmm. and he just looked lost. Yeah. So for me, if I had to make the choice between Brayshaw and um, Acres, I'm going Acres. I'm just not sure that I'm necessarily burning a trade to do that. And yeah. I know we've got three trades to burn, but I'm not sure I'm burning one to do that particular move mm. for the sake of 7K and 
Given that rookies um, um, are... Maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm get, not sure. We're going to need to tidy up a few rookies. At least <clears> two <throat> of your trades are likely going to be needed to tidy up some rookie picks. So you've probably only got one luxury trade at best available to you. And that's probably going to be bringing in one of the guys that we'll be discussing in a few minutes mm-hmm. who were the real studs of round one who we think can continue on with that form. Um, okay, and the other two that I only wanted to touch on was Lipinski and Libertore coming in for the Bulldogs. They are not of any use to me really whatsoever. Lip- <laughs> uh, Lipinski has some value in some draft leagues because of what he showed towards the end of last year. Yep. I don't think it will continue um, because of how many players they just have in that midfield mm. but I think that they're coming in Libba can't play as a small forward I don't think Libba can only play inside mid which means he is taking time away from Dunkley, McRae they definitely confirmed to both come in? Uh, they're, they're not confirmed none of those players are confirmed to come in yeah, it's just expected that they will be available so if I'm pretty sure they were available round one and were omitted no if Liberatore was injured uh, Lipinski was injured as well Mm, uh, sure about that? Yeah, because McLean was the one that was omitted um, for um, Kavara. Like, like Lipinski would not have been um, uh, left out of the team when Kavara was in the team. That's for damn sure. Um, mm. We'll have to go back and check the tapes. Like, I <laughs> can't remember. For some reason, I had in my mind they were omitted. Okay, so we were that uncertain <laughs> that we had to go back and check the records. Because I could tell there was a bit of a fight brewing in the studio. Just I don't know about fight. Just, I, I just couldn't really remember. So, so we had to go back and we paused, we went back and checked. Um, and Mia Culpa, you were right, they were both out injured. I had to be right about something in this podcast. So Liver had a knee injury in round one, against, uh, so couldn't be uh, selected uh, for the game against Collingwood. And Lipinski suffered a concussion at training just a few days prior, so also wasn't available for selection. So I do mm. think those guys will be coming back into their best 22 for the likes of, you know, Kavara and some of these other fringe players. Mm. But because they... Uh, particularly Libba plays best as an inside midfielder. Yeah. He will affect... Guys, Dunkley did not do well at all He really did He was very average. 59 in the first round, and we're expecting him to be a premium. So we're expecting scores of 85-plus, given the you know mm. new scoring rate this year. So if he's 30 points basically below that, that's absolute garbage. Without having to compete with... With Libba and with Lipinski also being mm. in. So if you did have... Dunkley in your first round side, he's one that you need to offload. So you're, you're not backing him in? No, not at all. If you're if you are umming and ahhing about it, and Dunkley also reminds me to an extent of one of those players who can run other players off of their feet. He's got good endurance. Hmm. He's not like that wingman style where you know Peter Matera or Andrew yeah, Gaff yeah, yeah. or that who do it all game, but he can keep going enough to tire out other inside midfielders. So he's going to be affected by those shortened quarters too. Yeah, I can't really argue with any of that. So just quickly on some of the outs that are definitely confirmed at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are all for draft teams as well. They aren't really reflective of salary cap teams. We need to wait until Thursday night, which is tomorrow night from where we're recording. For all of you playing at home. Exactly. Trying to, uh, before we can really make a decision on some of the players we need to get in or out. But for draft leagues, Nankervis has been confirmed as an out which would hurt a lot of people who might have taken him late in two ruck leagues or mm-hmm. if they really, really risked probably it. would have gone in one ruck. Yeah, in one ruck leagues, if you were in a 12-team league mm. and you were one of the last people to 
draft a Ruckman. Yeah, yeah, he would have been taken. Nankervis would have been taken. He would have been taken. And that would have hurt, seriously. <clears throat> um, but Brand- hopefully you've got Soldo as a handcuff, so you're good. Uh, Brandon Ellis uh, with a calf. <clears throat> Again, draft player. He was midfield only this year, so I would suggest that not a lot of players own him. Yeah, or not a lot of not. coaches own him. Uh, I own him in, in, our, in our very extended uh, draft league. Yeah, I've got him in the keeper league, so, so unfortunately. But you've only got him there because you're hoping he'll get back status next year. Uh, he'll play enough yeah. off halfback. He did He did just enough to have some speculative mm-hmm. points in his favour. And the other one, which is probably more important for draft leagues, is Lockie Hunter suspended. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he's out for a month. So for draft Lockie, league, Lockie, yeah, Lockie. Yeah, so I guess you could say that Lipinski will be taking some of Lockie's time uh, yeah. through the wing and midfield, but Liber will still be taking a lot of that inside mid time from the likes of Dunkley. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lockie Hunter mm. being out is not good at all for. He'd be a draft, draft guy coaches. only though. Yeah, well, one hundred percent. But he's a guy that you could you could comfortably say will average dead on a hundred for the entire year, basically, mm. or, or dead eighty on or whatever it is now. Um, and now that that's really a risk. Obviously, you've got a month with absolutely nothing. And when he comes back, you don't know what mental state he might be in. He might come out firing. He might come out. A I reckon he'll bit... come out firing when he's back. But I hope so. a month out on a shortened season, he's going to be back for a pretty limited time. So I don't know. Do you try and <clears throat> flip him for someone who thinks they've got a strong team mm. and might want him for finals? I would. Definitely be. Oh, I mean, I, I would probably not be going out and encouraging that if you owned Lockie Hunter. But if you're a coach who's coach of a very strong team who mm. knows they're going to be there when one finals are in, or you know you've got an easy run over the next four weeks, go out and look for Lockie Hunter and buy him on the cheap. Don't mm. mind that at all because when he does come back, he could be real value to your draft team. Yep, I don't mind that. All right, all right. So. Next thing I want to talk about you, the last thing, which is really the big one, is obviously we don't want to go through all of the round one stats like we normally do in our weekly podcast. So yeah. looking forward to next week coming back, having a fresh round of stats to talk about. Because yeah, if you hadn't realized already, that would have really shown how little we remembered from <laughs> round one. It was two and a half months ago, man. Uh, so I want to talk about some of the highest scorers and some of the real disappointments, whether or not you need to get rid of them from your salary cap side. A lot of these guys in drafts, there's going to be a bit of a roller coaster, so you have to take <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the downs with the ups. But for salary cap teams, you've got a decision to make. Sounds good. Hit me. All right. The first one, and he's probably the most hyped up player heading into round two. Yeah. Stop, stop boxing style dancing. <laughs> hit me. Come on. Hit me. Uh, Jack Viney. Oh, yeah. 132 in round one. Absolutely smashed mm. it. Now everyone is saying, because he is undervalued, obviously, based on that score. So let me just bring up his stats here. We've got... Probably way undervalued. Oh, yeah. Anyone's <laughs> undervalued based on that score. Um, Jack Viney, 652. He went up 41k in that one week. Mm. Some people did start with him knowing he was undervalued. Um, he's got a break-even of just 18. So he's got a low break-even. So he is going to make cash. Mm. You would expect at the very least, the very least, he would be getting 60 to 70. And that's on a bad game. So he is going to be making you some money. What are you thinking? Are you, are you keen to bring him in? He, it, You can't really upgrade him from a rookie unless you've got a lot of cash to burn, and it has to be a sideways trade to bring him in. He's playing Carlton as well. Yeah, that's the thing. He's got a decent matchup. Oh, yeah, he is, he's going to have to be a sideways trade. I don't yeah. know. Uh, that's another Who one that you could... sideways to him? Well, you could swing Andrew Brayshaw into the midfield, and you could trade him to Jack Viney if you've got a 100k. 
140k or whatever it was I to think bring I him do in. have 100k. If you've got 140k, that's not a bad move. I don't mind that, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, actually, I really like that idea. Yeah, I, I was on the fence with Jack Viney because part of me is saying, looking back at his history and saying, well, is this just an outlier game? Is he this- had that one year where he was quite startable. He did. Uh, he's been, and he's had foot injuries pretty much since then. Yeah, so again, this is coming back to your Harley Bennell um, mm. you know, mm. situation. So in the past three years, he's had a... Solid year last year in terms of games played. He played 21, but he only averaged 82.3. The year before, he played seven games and only averaged 91.4. And he averaged 90 before that with 18 games. So he's been inconsistent in terms of time on the park. But also, out of the last three or four years, the highest he's averaged is 91. Do we think he can average that highly? 10 points higher than that. Exactly. Comparatively. Or, or do you just outweigh it and say his break-even is so low at the moment and he's almost guaranteed to get a halfway decent score that you can afford to bring him in you for three or four weeks? A stepping stone for it, a, like an elite Uber Primo. Exactly. And there's that. the other risk too is you don't bring him in, everyone else does, and you're behind, way behind the eight ball. Exactly. So there, there'll be people are like, I mean, good friend of the podcast, Brody, mm-hmm. uh, who just bought in so many of these studs. I think he was one of the few people in Australia who had a good round one. Uh, and he did start with Jack Viney. He did. He started with like all the good guys. <laughs> exactly. It pisses me right off. Yeah. So I, I'm... I'm keen. I'm keen. Uh, me too. I just got to figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, but um, people have to realize that this score is great for his break even. He's not averaging any. I don't think he'll average 90 this year. I don't think he'll come close to an average of 90. If you take into account the fact that 82 is the new expected 100, um, I think he'll probably average closer to 75 mm-hmm. come the end of the year if you take out this score. Because there's been nothing in the past few seasons to show that even in a year where he's not as injured, mm. that he can average close to 100 just yet. Yeah. Look, I'd probably be risk-reward. I'm probably bringing him in for at least a few weeks as a bit of a stepping stone, make a lot of money. I'm limiting my risk because everyone else is going to do the same thing. Yep. If he doesn't play up in those couple of weeks, then I'm moving him on to someone else and pocketing the cash. Should tick for me, 100% bringing him in. Uh, the next one, Jeremy Howe in defence. He yes. was awesome in round one. That yeah. was one thing I remember. He was everywhere for the he plus really sixes. Was. And we, we talked about it a little bit earlier. With the uh, shortened quarters, you might see midfielders in particular being taken off for those rotations. But some guys in the forward line and the back line mm. being left there because... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying they don't work as hard as midfielders, but it's a fact that they wouldn't run as far, especially the guys who are more of your your plus six, mark and redistribute the ball players. Yeah. Um, And your interceptors as well, who have to stay deep. Jeremy Howe is both of those things. He's going to stay on the park almost all quarter, every quarter. And he's going to see a scoring boost because of that. Yep, I agree. Um, he's one guy I am moving. I am trying to get in. He was the only one I locked in. <clears throat> he was. Mm, I've same. My only trade that I have locked in at the moment is I'm going James H out of my team. No, sorry. Apologies. I'm going James H. You're going out. James H out for Jeremy Howe. Yep. I'm going Brody Smith out. We'll talk about Brody Smith in a minute when we get mm. to the duds because he was trash. Uh, so, if you go Brody Smith out to Howe, as an example, you make some cash there. Yeah, which could be 70K. handy with some of those other to trades get, we were just To get Jack about. Viney from Andrew Brayshaw, that could yeah. be very interesting. All right, so, so, yeah, double trade. You're moving out... Uh, who, are you, who are you saying? Brayshaw and... 
Brayshaw and Brody Smith. Brody Smith for Howe and uh, Viney. Viney, and I've got a, I had a little bit of cash left over when I started the year, so that's I've got enough I, to do that. Yeah, I really like that. Mm. I really like that. The, the only thing is, it's a bit vanilla. Everyone, I think, is going to be doing something pretty similar. It is. So it's, it, it is going to make it difficult for you to differentiate your team enough to make a move in the overall rankings. But... It's it's tough. It's a really mm. hard one to say whether or not to go with because if you sucked in round one like a lot of us did and you decide to say, right, I'm taking a punt, I'm going with something different... There's a small chance that will pay off, but a bigger chance that that will just flop and you'll mm. be out like right away. I think you look at other stuff as your difference makers. Yeah. If you, you I go- think you try and fix your errors the first couple of weeks of the restart, and then you look to start making the differences exactly. to, to moonproof. One hundred percent. That's that's exactly what I would be doing there. Um, okay, we need to move on. But Jeremy yep. Howe is a big tick from me as well. Agreed. Chad Wingard. Now, he had 100 in the first round, and he, he was looking really good. He played a decent Chad. amount of mid-time. The Chad, he was the third highest centre-bounce attendances for Hawthorne after Jaeger O'Meara and Tom Mitchell. He had double-digits centre-bounce attendances. Huh. That I completely forgot that. No, he was really, really good. So, um, Chad, What's he valued at? So, he's valued at... Let me have a look. This See is here. great. You should do the like the numbers more often, mate. No, you do the bloody numbers normally. It's just you're lazy and didn't do I'm not lazy. Today. I'm a busy man. Six hundred and five k as a forward. Uh, he's got a break even of thirty five, so he's probably as underpriced as he's going to get for a long time. Hmm. Um, and people people are seeing him now, and I'm sort of seeing him as someone who could be that sixth, fifth, or sixth best forward at the end of the year, given the complete lack of forwards we have. Is this the time to jump on it? All aboard the Chaddington Express. Jesus, we've got three players already that we're saying. <laughs> Shit. Uh, no, I mean, he had, did have a lot of pre-season hype. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't necessarily sold on it. But yeah, round one, that's great. And did I read somewhere that Jaeger's going to miss this round because of yes, a face injury or something? <laughs> so he's going to be getting a lot of mid-time this week. Yeah. Shit, we can't bring all these players in, though. We can't. All right, so of those three the three big ones we've talked about, how are you ranking them? Um, oh, yeah, those are probably the big ones because the next two are sort of next here but still really good options. Hmm. Um, far out. So um, I'm probably... Jeremy Howe's my top. I'm probably ranking the same. I'm going Howe 1. I'm probably going Viney number 2 mm. and Wingard number 3. But Wingard might be the X-Factor one that sets you a little bit apart, which could potentially... Give him the advantage yeah. over Viney. Wingard is the one who... So, if you want someone who's going to be in your team at the end of the year, that's who you go for. If you mm. need some cash and you're wanting to mm. make as much money as you can while getting some solid scores on the park, that's when you go for your Viney. Viney's not going to be a top eight midfielder at the end of the year. No, you've got to You've got to know that this is a stepping stone. Chad could very well be... A top, I mean, he could be the fourth mm. highest sort of forward at the end of the year if he continues with this midfield rotation. Hmm. It's hmm. it's uh, there's no sample size of this because last year he was injured and on and off the park so much at Port Adelaide. It's a completely different story with a completely different coach. He could be playing as a you know Dusty Martin level of hmm. rotation through the midfield, and that would be amazing for his scoring. So can can we bring all these players? In? If you can, do it. You can't bring. I don't think you can you can do it without moving other quality guys on. No. All right, we'll move on from that. But again, Chad is a Definite target this week. Absolutely one that you should be looking at. Um, Brett Buley. We spoke about him earlier, 
but it's a no from me. It's a flat out no. <laughs> even though, given how cheap he is and how much money we think that he can make, the acres factor is going to affect him. Acres really concerns me. Three hundred ninety-eight k. So he's he's not rookie <laughs> priced. Then he's, he's prime mid pricer. Yeah, uh, but his break even is five. So uh, he'll make he'll make that and he will make money. But, but he's still on the he realistically he's still on the fringe of best twenty two with Acres coming yeah. back in and with you know guys like um uh, like their uh, who are the two that they recruited this year that aren't playing just yet um uh, you don't know who Frio drafted <laughs> just shrug your shoulder you're a free metal fan you should know who they drafted um it was I know who they are I just can't think of their names Sarong and Young thank you alright so Young you would expect to get some time in the back line this year but Sarong could be one that would be maybe looking to come in they could yeah. look at some midfield time nah, he'll play small forward when he comes in yeah you reckon yeah alright um, burst through the midfield yeah. but he won't he won't take Bewley's spot he might push someone else into Bewley's spot, though, if he comes in. Like a Mickey Walters or... Um... Walters is playing majority midfield anyway. So It'll be someone else, but, but uh, yeah. But for me, Bewley's spot isn't cemented. So mm. you could bring him in as someone that you think will make some money over the next three or four rounds, but he could play for one or two, and that could be a massive cash outlay that you've done mm. because he's not rookie-priced, which backfires on you. So yeah. it's, a, it's a no for me with Bewley. Yeah, I... I have concerns about him, but if Akers doesn't work out, then he could continue doing this. He could. Um, Bailey Smith is the last real stud that I want to talk about. Obviously, there were guys that we expected to do well, but this is the last real guy that just smashed it the out. The number of the one Bailey. The number one Bailey. We'll get back to the Bailey <laughs> Bailey mm, watch. That's something to look forward to. Absolutely, it is. Um, so Bailey Smith, he had the ninety-five. Uh, he's ranked at five. Priced at 537k, break even of 26 as a mid forward. So he's a forward player. 37, did you say? Yeah. How does that compare to our other mid price? Well, Chad was 600, so he's about 65k more expensive or less expensive than Wingard. Mm-hmm. But Wingard has that again, that almost guarantee of being a top six forward at the end of the year. Yeah. Bailey Smith isn't a top six forward at the end of the year. He's still a Probably rookie. Not, yeah. He's still going to be a bit of a flash in the pan. There's going to be some bad days. There's going to be times when he just doesn't get enough midfield time in a game because they've got so many damn midfielders. Yeah. Lockie Hunter being out might be a help for the next few weeks, so that could be an argument you can make. But if I'm ranking those guys that we've already gone through, he's number four behind the likes of Howe, Viney, and Wingard. So, I just really like him. I want him I my love team. Bailey Smith. I love the mullet. He's an absolute gun. And if you own him in a keeper league, you're not letting him go for anything. Hmm. But I just can't see him doing enough to justify his best trade over some of those other guys if you don't own him. Yeah, unless you can't afford the other ones, in which case you have the double thumbs up of approval to bring him in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the yeah. other thing that pisses me off, I'm almost positive that, again, good friend of the podcast, Brody, owns all five of these guys from round one. Oh, yeah, he does. That's he why he did so well. all five of those guys in, and it just pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> um, interestingly, so now that it's all starting to come back to me now, I'm pretty <laughs> I'm sure... this <laughs> Shut up. I'm pretty sure one of the things which I thought impacted Dunk's score in round one yeah. was how much midfield time Bailey Smith got. And he did get a fair chunk, yeah. And Libba, or with, um, sorry, uh, Hunter being out, that's going to 
give some more wing time, but Liver, com- Liver coming back in... So you reckon they kind of cancel each other yeah, out? Yeah, I, I would say that maybe he gets a little bit less inside. Yeah, I think time. if Lipinski comes back in, he's it's a straight like-for-like swap with Hunter. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Um, whereas Liver coming in is going to potentially impact Smith as well. Mm. Honestly, uh, I, either both Dunkley and Smith lose a little bit of midfield time and mm-hmm. both spend a little bit more time forward... Or one of them loses all of their midfield time, yeah. basically, and goes entirely forward. And that's probably more likely to be Dunkley. Yeah. So, again, he's he's ranked below those other guys we've talked about for me, except for Bewley. Bewley, yeah. not, not interested in for me. Um, okay. We'll move on. Who's let's next? Mo- let's move on to some of the duds, because there were some real duds that you've got to consider at the moment. Yeah. Some premiums that you I'm would expect. I'm looking at it in my team right now. <laughs> um, the Bont. I started with the Bont. Oh, this one I actually don't have. You don't have the Bont? Okay, I started with him. I thought after that preseason he was going to gun it and he did Bont things again. He does this every year. 51 in the first round. And he played midfield. Mm -hmm. He played through the midfield. He was just... Smith just... It was just the Smith show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 51, his break-even is 102, which means he's roughly got a score (laughs) based on old scoring. 150. No, it's closer to 100. 30. 15 or something like that from memory. But to get that, he's got to go absolutely balls out with an amazing game. That's like a primo bond score. Yeah, exactly. And there's every likelihood that even if he does that, he resets his break even to closer to an his, average of his like average. 82. And he comes out with a shocking score the next week. How, how much is he worth? That. He's worth 755. So he went down 22k. This is the week to offload him. I'm offloading him this week. Yep. Yeah, that's so. who you offload to get Viney. Ex- yeah, that's another good option. So if How you much want to are you downgrade making from him, that? if you're doing hundred? that, you're making uh, close no, to a couple no, of hundred. Not a couple of hundred. You're, Viney was six hundred and fifty odd. Um, Bont seven hundred and fifty. You're making just over a hundred k. which you can use to make a couple of other upgrades yeah. here or there. Yeah, that's your move. Yeah. So the Bont out. Shocking. I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah. Jack Crisp, fifty nine in the first week. Back him in. He, he had a bad game. He's going to be a top three defender at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't agree. I think that if you trade him out now, yes, his break even is going to fluctuate. You might make a little bit of cash unless you have. You're going to want to bring him back in at some point, and we don't have the length of season to do that easily. Unless you have the ultimate of all luxury trades and nothing to do, and you have yeah. Jack Crisp sitting yeah. there. I, I just I don't think this is the year for luxury trades. Mm. I think this is the year where every trade has to have a purpose because yes, we've got an extra trade for the next couple of weeks. But we've got a reduced season, so every trade is crucial to finalise your team as quickly as possible. 100% back that in. But for me, Jack Crisp, leave him, don't touch him. Um, some people uh, decided to get on uh, to make a little bit of cash in the forward line, the Darcy Parish bandwagon, for some unknown reason. Uh, he cracked out an amazing 37. Um, he has a break-even of 80. I don't know why anyone brought him in at the start of the year, but just get rid of him. He's, Especially now Heppel's back. Absolutely. I mean, he's a straight-up trade for Bailey Smith. He is <laughs> yeah. straight in terms of cash. You can do like that like. sideways. Yep, 100%. Um, Hunter Clark. He was another preseason high player. Hunter. 52 in the first week. Not good enough. From memory, he actually looked good when he got the ball, and he started reasonably well. He just mm-hmm. trailed off and didn't finish yeah. well. He's, he's got an okay break-even still, so he lost 7K. He's got a break-even of 66. He can meet that and break through that and uh, reset his break-even, 
But move him on if he's your most pressing concern, but I'm betting it's not. Yeah, so he, he's one that I would hold unless, again, you have this just luxury trade sitting there. Yeah, agreed. Um, but you can hold him, I, I would say back him in after what we saw towards the end of last year. Uh, Josh Dunkley we've already spoken about, but if you own Josh Dunkley, get rid of him. Yep. Make the cash, move on to someone else. Elliot Yo, we spoke about a little bit earlier. He had a really poor first week with a 49. But again, I'm backing him in with that hub that he's in against the likes of Gold Coast, Adelaide, Port Adelaide, Fremantle. Agreed. Going to absolutely smash it. Agreed. Um, some people might have backed in the old legs of Paddy Dangerfield. And he had 40 in the first round. Danger. Danger had 40 points in the first round. Oh, was that against Gold Coast? Um, I can't remember who he played um, in the first round. Don't ask me questions like that. Sorry. <laughs> you, you keep talking. I'll have a look. Um, so, if... I mean, he's got a break-even of now... What is it? Uh, uh, oh, no. It was against the Giants. I think maybe Gold Coast was pretty He's got a break-even of 114. He's playing Hawthorne, who, again, are... They're a toughish team to match up against fantasy-wise. Um, and he's priced at 768k, so he's got a lot of money to lose if he's not meeting those exceptionally high break-evens. Mm-hmm. He was played as a forward a fair amount in that first round as well. I Get rid of him if you own him. Absolutely get rid yeah, of him. I agree. That was just awful enough a game, but also the fact that he's got such a high break-even now. Mm. This is slightly different to Jack Crisp for me because as a defender you can expect a few more up and down scores and there's limited premiums in yes. terms of yes. that final six makeup. Danger field, there's a chance he could be a top eight midfielder at the end of the year, but there's still so many other premium midfielders who could take his spot. Yep, agreed. I think you've got to move him on. Agreed, I agree. The um I mean there's a chance that he gets forward status again. Mm-hmm. If he plays forward predominantly again, but I think the amount of money you're going to lose and how far behind the eight ball you're going to be if you hang on to him expecting that, um, you move him on. Yeah. Okay, so last one I really want to talk about from a fantasy point of view. A lot of people started with him and a lot of people are really tossing up what to do. I know I'm getting rid of him and you're holding on to him. Brody Smith from Adelaide. Yes. Okay, so just to give you the stats here, 623K, still worth a little bit. Break-even of 90. He had 35 in the opening round. Now, I know he was out for a little bit. Like, he missed some of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. But he came back on, played out the game. Mm -hmm. Even when he was on the park, he looked awful. Like, he just did not look like he was anywhere near the ball. Yeah. Um, Look, we backed him in at the beginning of the year for a reason. I don't think that reason has changed. I'm worried that this is a bond situation because I've backed Brody Smith in a lot of times in the past few years and he's always burnt me. And I backed him in at the start of this year and he burnt me again. Mm. Is, is this one of those situations where we're biting ourselves in the ha- in the foot or are we do we press on with it? I'm getting rid of him. I was keeping him, but um, over the course of this podcast, I've decided I'm probably going to move him on to make the cash for some of those other <laughs> trades we were talking about. Um, this is really cathartic to actually figure out our trades. Mate, I, I figure out my trades pretty much. I, I come up with my fantasy strategy every week while we podcast. <laughs> well, hopefully some of you <laughs> listeners out there also do that. Um, yeah, look, basically what I said before, I, before this podcast... My thinking was that I backed him in for a reason at the start of the year. Yep. I may as well just hope that that's going to continue, that that, that, that still comes true. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the... Well, he needs to get the, 105, oh, sorry, an old 105, which is uh, a 90 now, 
to meet his break even and that just to reset his the um, other his issue break-even. I'm concerned about is him being on the Gold Coast not this week but the week after yes um, if he's playing in the Jew um, that's not necessarily going to suit his game style mm. of receiving the ball from people and running with it yeah so um, it's it's tough I, he's one of those guys that in the back line you can make some money off of to um, I mean if you get rid of Brody if you don't have Jeremy Howe and you have Brody mm. Smith you make money by bringing Howe in who I think will be consistently better across the season than Brody yeah. Smith and you can use that those funds elsewhere that's why it's my locked in trade at the moment yeah fair enough so I, I think that's a really good good move to get rid of Brody Smith yeah. if you've got him yeah, I think, and the other, one of the other reasons I was thinking of keeping him is because I'm expecting everyone to ditch him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he could be that. He could turn it that around, field guy, and be and be that sort of that point of difference for you, rather than I, yeah. I think he's owned by how much? How what higher percentage of the competition owns Brody Smith? Let me just look that up here. He is owned by 22 percent of the competition, so he is owned by a lot of people. I'm assuming a lot of people are going to be ditching him. In which case, he might become a point of difference for you, especially if he dips below that 10% ownership mark. Yeah, sounds good. All right, that's all the players I wanted to talk about. Have you got any others that you wanted to bring up? I see you're looking back at your pre-season notes for Brody Smith. You've gone that deep. I was just checking to see if I'd written down what his ownership was pre-season, because I reckon it would have been higher than 22%. All right, interesting. But I didn't write that write it down, so we'll move on. <laughs> on that note, I think we're going to end the podcast there for today. Thank you so much again for joining us. It's absolutely awesome to be back. We couldn't be more stoked. We're looking forward to next week after having a full round of football, some new stats to talk about, mm. and a little bit more normalcy, because... It's just been so odd having two and a half months away between round one and round two and nothing new to talk about really. There haven't been training. There haven't been VFL waffle games, sandful games. There's just nothing that we can talk about from content point of view. I mean, you can make stuff up. You can talk about prospective things. But until Mm. we have those team lineups and until we've had those games played, we're really just going, looking into the crystal ball and hoping for the best. Yep. Uh, Yeah, it will be interesting to see how accurate that crystal ball has been. (laughs) And uh, we can't wait to be back next week and run through the, the round game by game. We're looking forward to it. Thank you again so much for joining us. And we'll catch you then. Catch you.